I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel good in my skin at all. I didn't like the way I looked, but I also felt defeated all the time because it wasn't for a lack of trying. I had tried and tried over the years to improve my health and lose weight. So I just, I kind of walked around always feeling defeated. <laughs> Did you ever think in your entire life you would be the kind of person that's posting these beautiful beachside pictures on Instagram? No, and I wish I had had some forethought because the number one complaint I get is, don't you have any more before pictures? I'm like, no, I was deleting all of them. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast in the U.S. and in more than 150 countries. Hi to everyone listening in Bridgeport, Connecticut, Round Rock, Texas, and Durban, South Africa. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 33 of season 6, number 429 overall. I suppose you could call today's show Plantiful. Plantiful because Kiki Nelson is back. She is an extraordinary woman who struggled for years with her weight. And because of that, she struggled for years with her her health as well. Just five foot three, almost 200 pounds. She had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, pre-diabetes. Her lifestyle was putting her at high risk for a heart attack and heart disease, just like millions and millions and millions of others. But unlike the majority of those millions and millions and millions the majority who remained trapped, Kiki was able to free herself from the bonds of our ultra-unhealthy culture and all of the culinary trappings that come with it. You know what I'm talking about. Kiki got her life back. She found herself and she found health. She found health. So I think that you are going to love our conversation today. Because it rings so true for so many of us who have struggled with our weight for virtually our entire life. And for Kiki, we're talking about at least 20 failed diet attempts. 20! And all of the confusion and wondering why. Why doesn't this work? Why can't I look like her? Why can't I look like him? What is wrong with me? So we've got the emotions that come with this, but then also the good stuff, lots and lots and lots of good stuff because all of the things she was dealing with, the high blood pressure, the pre-diabetes, high cholesterol, all of it, gone, gone, and gone just like the weight she had been carrying around for so long. And today, Kiki is a fantastic advocate for people who are improving their own health. Kiki is a beacon of hope, as we like to say here on the show. So we're going to get some great tips for her for not just losing the weight, but keeping it off so you don't have to go up and down the scale anymore. We're going to talk about tips for dealing with parties and barbecues and criticism and questions from friends and family, emotional eating on a bad day, and calorie counting. Do you even need to do it? 
Oh, by the way, a little meeting of the minds today, too, because Kiki also happens to be a fellow former Taco Bell aholic. So it's really kind of fun to rehash that with her. And we're also going to be talking about the release of the newly expanded edition of her book, Plantifully Lean, which features 125 incredible plant-based recipes for you to try and indulge in and love as you get healthy. A fantastic wife, mother, inspiration, weight loss success. Kiki Nelson, right now on The Exam Room. Kiki, it is so good to see you again. Congratulations on all of your success. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love this book. I love the recipes that are in here. But I think before we can get into that, we need to reintroduce you to the exam roomies because you have a story that people just draw an infinite amount of inspiration from. Um, let's start by doing what I would love to call the health condition roll call. So when you were really struggling with your health, let's go down and check some boxes. What conditions did you have? Okay, so I had been pre-diabetic for about a decade. So that was a big one. I was a hypothyroid and I had high blood pressure, high triglycerides, and high cholesterol. And I had a bunch of like female hormonal stuff going on. Okay, all right. Lots of boxes that you're gonna check there. Uh, a lot of things that a lot of people are struggling with with that standard American diet. Um, yeah. At your heaviest, how heavy were you? Yeah, so my weight fluctuated between 189 pounds and 194 pounds, which is, I'm a petite person. I like to say I'm about 5'4", but I am just under 5'4". So it was it was a lot for my little frame. Believe me, I, I got you. And right down to that, like rounding up an inch, I'll say that I'm 5'6", but I, like it's 5'6 on a good day. It's <laughs> yeah. really 5'5". Five, five. So I got you. So that is a lot of weight on such a petite frame. And what, what are you today? I sit around 120 pounds today. That's a huge change. Um, think back to before you made the switch and you had this incredibly successful transformation. Did you ever think in your entire life you would be the kind of person that's posting these beautiful bathing suit beachside pictures on Instagram? No. And I wish I had had some forethought because the number one complaint I get is, don't you have any more before pictures? And I'm like, no, I was deleting all of them. So no, I had I had no idea. It's been quite a journey. Yeah. Have you gone back and asked your friends and even some former coworkers whether or not they had any extra before pictures of you oh, yeah. just randomly on their phone? Yeah. So I like scour their Facebook posts from, <laughs> you know, so I have gleaned what I can. Yeah, I got, I got you. I was recently out in Los Angeles for the big live show out there and I was speaking with a former colleague of mine who who moved out there and opened up a restaurant and he happened to have an old video of me and I thought this was just the most miraculous day in the history of it. I mean that is gold Kiki, not yeah, a still is. photo but a video. That's awesome. I wish. I need to I have an old hard drive I need to go through. So 
I mean, well, look, so let's not sugarcoat this, though. It's actually me in overalls without a shirt on doing some <laughs> running. So, I mean, avert your eyes. But to me, it's gold. So, <laughs> um, I want to ask you this, though, right? So on the day, I mean, jokes aside, let's get serious. When you're up there at your heaviest and you've got all of those chronic conditions happening, Describe for us what just day-to-day -day life was like, not just from how you felt physically, but the emotions that come with being that size as well. Yeah, um, emotionally, I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel good in my skin at all. I didn't like the way I looked, but I also felt defeated all the time because it wasn't for a lack of trying. I had tried and tried over the years to improve my health and lose weight. So I just... I kind of walked around always feeling defeated. <laughs> <laughs> I look at, you know, you talk about trying time and time and time again. I was just seeing a stat the other day that the average person will try 126 fad diets at some point in their life. I mean, 126. How many do you think you got up to? At least 20. I know that. <laughs> <At least. laughs> you know, trying the same thing over and over in just different ways. Yeah, I believe that for sure. Yeah, 126. I mean, it's just crazy. And and I love the fact that with this particular poll that they did, I think that this one they surveyed like 2,000 people. Um, they had some real crazy diet attempts that were listed on this. What were some of the wackiest that you had tried in your past? Uh, so when I was in high school and my mom did this with me, it was Atkins was all the rage. So we were, you know, you had like the the ketosis strips so you were constantly checking to see if you were in ketosis i thought that was weird but i was eating like tons and tons of bacon and mayo wrapped in lettuce <laughs> <laughs> i think that was probably the craziest one bacon mayo and hey but you know what you know what at least you had the lettuce in there right at least i had the lettuce i might have had some tomato yeah, so this so the whole idea of BLT minus the minus the bread, right? Is that what we were going for there? Yeah. Dag on. Yeah. So how confident were you every time that you would start these diets? I mean, so by the time you I mean, you don't need to get up to 126 to know, you know, that you, the odds of you succeeding if you've tried and failed that many times at the onset of whatever this new venture is gonna be might be a little bit shaky. How confident were you every time that you got started? Because I think that there's a difference between confidence and enthusiasm. Exactly. So I always had a lot of enthusiasm, but I was never confident that it was going to play out. What I always had nagging me in the back of my mind was, okay, even if I'm able to lose some weight, how the heck am I going to keep it off? And that was always a big source of anxiety for me. What was the biggest, and I'm going to put this one in quotes here, before you settled on a plant-based diet and had this incredible success, what was the biggest success that you had prior to that? Yeah, I had lost up to almost 20 pounds one time. And I was doing like CrossFit type exercise and doing high carb, low fat. And it was an extreme amount of effort and it was painstaking and I still wasn't in a healthy weight range and my blood sugar, like none of my stats had improved. And that was the most frustrating part. Mm. CrossFit when you're overweight and out of shape, seems like that could be a little bit dangerous. How did your knees yeah. deal with that? 
So I actually injured my shoulder and it's never been the same. Like I still, once in a while, if I do a push up the wrong way, I can feel it. So I definitely put some major wear and tear on my body. It was hard. I always felt like I was going to throw up. And I finally, I got to the point where I was like, this cannot be healthy. <laughs> it mm. be good for me. Kind of what I discovered is that I think that going from zero to a hundred can work maybe on the nutrition side, but when it comes to physical activity and exercise, it's really not the best idea to do that because you've gone from being largely sedentary, you are completely out of shape, and then you're trying to compete as if you're a professional athlete. And that to me is when the risk of injury comes in. When you made the transition over to a plant-based diet here, did you also go zero to a hundred overnight? Was that easier than doing CrossFit overnight like a fiend? Yeah. So I think I had reached such a limit in my life. I didn't have any other options. And I, I did jump in both feet. Our whole family did. But I, after reading um, Dr. McDougall's books, Dr. Neil Barnard's books, watching several documentaries, I just felt more empowered than I ever had. And so I was like, this is my last, this is it. Like, if this doesn't work, I've, I don't know what's going to work. So yeah, we just jumped in both feet, never looked back. Why do you think that the other diets failed before this? Was there a common theme there? Well, I think uh, the lack of carbs is a major contributor. I think the other thing is that traditional dieting requires you to eat less food, whereas on a plant-based diet, I was getting to eat not only carbs as much as I wanted, I was eating large volumes of food and getting full and seeing weight loss week after week. And so you don't see that on traditional diets. It was so painful just to lose, you know, five pounds that that's why I think it worked for me. All right. So when you say lack of carbs was an issue, what came with that? Was it like killer cravings? Was it a lack of energy? What was the issue for you taking carbs out of the diet? Yeah. So it was all of the above. And I kind of really just restricted carbs for a decade, a decade and a half. And yeah, you'd get these crazy cravings. So you'd restrict carbs really well for four days then the weekend hits and you just go nuts on the carbs. So it was the cravings. I felt like my brain wasn't working as sharply or quickly. It just felt foggy. I did feel tired. I felt moody. My skin wasn't doing well, but I didn't realize it was all because I had cut that much nutrition and energy out of my diet. I want to ask you about your skin. As a matter of fact, it was my wife that was like, make sure that you ask her about her skin because it looks magnificent. I was like, okay, I got you, Jules. No problem. Um, but before I got get to that, let me ask you about dealing with the cravings. I get asked about this a ton and people are shocked to know that 13 and a half years into this weight loss journey, I still get cravings for the stuff that I used to eat. And what I've learned is that for a lot of people, that's perfectly normal. No matter how many years it's been since you had it, it's kind of like smoking and you give it up. But then like 20 years later, somebody will be like, man, I really want a cigarette right now. And it's just wild. 
how do you deal with the craving so that you don't really derail all of this progress that you've made? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's actually one of the most popular questions that I get. So I very quickly realized that my cycle with any diet, including, you know, changing, switching to a plant-based diet was that I could, I could hold my ground all week and do really, really well. But when it came to the weekend, I would just like lose all composure. And I still just like you get cravings to this day. And what I learned was, okay, instead of trying to not eat the pancakes is to eat the pancakes, but make them in a healthy, low fat plant-based way. And so what helped me the most was planning for my comfort food that was still adding to my weight loss journey. I was still losing weight. It wasn't disrupting anything, but I was still getting to feel like, okay, I'm eating pancakes. I'm eating waffles. I'm making my plant-based pizza. I'm making cauliflower wings. So I'm still getting to eat all of the comfort foods. I've just made them at home, cleaned them up. And yeah, I mean, that's my biggest tip that and realizing being prepared for the fact that you're going to have cravings. Like our brains are smart. They're wired for more palatable foods so that in a survival situation, you won't starve to death. But in this environment that we live in, you know, we don't need that survival <laughs> instinct, but it's there. So. Yeah. And you know, I love that approach. And it took me a very long time to get comfortable with the idea that it was possible to eat, as you say, you know, waffles. And I know that you've got recipes for nachos and burritos in this book. And, you know, for me, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. It's it, it was Taco Bell. And so it was years before, even if it was the healthiest burrito in the world that I would even entertain the idea of eating or even just a wrap because something was wrapped up in a tortilla. I was like, no, 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 no. That could be a trigger for what used to be. I do not want to entertain that in my life. And it's only been recently, Kiki, that I've kind of thought about this and thought, well, man, you know, I was really neurotic about my eating habits. Like maybe, maybe it was too much so. And then I look at this, and this is something that only somebody who's been through the struggle will understand as well, because then I look at it on the other side. It's like, yeah, well, even if it was a little bit extreme, clearly it has and continues to work for me. But I have also, you know, introduced things like wraps and healthy burritos back into my diet. It's not like it's a daily thing, but still to this day, every time. Uh, I go to bite in one, you know, that thought does cross my mind. Is that anything that you struggle with as well? Yeah, for sure. Because I feel like, you know, having struggled with my weight for so many years, you're always sensitive to possibly being triggered and it can be a slippery slope. And I think you have to know yourself. You have to know what is going to cause you anxiety, what's going to cause you to be triggered and work with it while you heal your body, while you heal your emotional relationship with food and don't let other people's journeys make you feel any certain way about yours. Because I think what may be freedom to one is restrictive to another. And so I have to be, you know, yes, I put 
nuts and seeds in my dressings and stuff but that means i don't put the wrap on my burrito and i eat my burrito in a bowl you know so i've just learned to work with it and i did in the beginning have to learn to talk to myself and keep myself out of a place of anxiety and just remind myself like look i know the principles of calorie density and if the bulk of my food comes from this end of the spectrum from the whole plant-based foods and I'm not eating processed foods or refined oils and loads of nut butters and things like that. I'm going to do just fine. And it's a process. It's a journey. Restrictive to one is freedom to another. That That is wisdom right there, Kiki. That is that is like sage advice, man. I love so much the way that you just put that. Um, for people who haven't been through the struggle like you, like myself, like uh, thousands and thousands of the exam roomies who are listening or watching right now, um, they may say, well, look, you know, one donut, one, I used to love Boston cream donuts from Dunkin'. Uh -huh. <laughs> so like one donut isn't going to hurt you. What is your response to someone when they say that to you? So I got that a lot in the beginning because I was more restrictive. I was definitely more, okay, no, I'm, I'm not going to eat that stuff. And so I definitely encountered that. And how I would take that is, oh, you know, I hope to be there one day. But for now, like, this is what my journey requires and I'm focused. So I hope to enjoy that donut with you <laughs> in the future. Um, what I did learn about donuts, though, is that Whole Foods has maple vegan donuts and they're like, I cannot buy them because I will eat the whole box. So I got your look, man. And that, that falls under just because it's vegan doesn't mean that it's it's no. healthy. No. Um, so then what what happens though when you're like at a party? I mean, like, so summertime is is coming up here, barbecues, backyard gatherings, beach blasts, etc. What happens when it's you find yourself at one of those types of situations and it's not just one person who says one won't hurt you, but it's almost like an afternoon of a constant bombardment of people saying that. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I always bring food to share so that I can have food to eat and then other people can try it if they want. Um, so that's how I take care of me eating at these, you know, engagements. But yeah, when people are harping on you, I just, you know, I just keep it playful and I, you know, keep it like, well, man, you know, losing 70 pounds was a real gig and journey. And I don't know, sometimes I lie and say I had a bunch of donuts last night or whatever. <laughs> it's survival <laughs> in those situations. Hey, man, that's that's when a little white lie doesn't hurt, right? Like truth is typically the best, but man, just to get somebody to shut up for a minute, right? I but I haven't encountered it too much, like the aggressive. I think once my family like realized like, okay, she's, she's not backing up, <laughs> then eh. Well, I think that for, you know, like w once that confidence in you, that switch gets flipped, I think then people see that and then the switch gets flipped in them as well. Like, oh, she's not on this crazy diet. Like this is really working. Maybe, you know, I'm not just going to leave her alone, but I'll even ask for her advice for myself now. Right. Did you notice that same kind of thing happen with you? Absolutely. A hundred percent. In the beginning, all the, the criticism or resistance that I was experiencing from friends and family, 
eventually, like after I had lost about 30 pounds, then everybody was like, what are you, what are you doing again? Because they would see me sitting down with platefuls of pasta, you know, and everybody else is grabbing their little salads and like <laughs> just watching me eat plates of pasta. So yeah, now I've got lots of family members that eat plant-based and I have one friend, oh, Nicole. So she watched me for about a year and a half and she's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm so happy for you, but I'm not, I'm not ready. Well, a year, about a year and a half, two years ago, she's like, okay, I'm ready. And so I gave her my book. I walked her through it. I was her buddy through all of this and she has lost 150 pounds. What's what, 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 her name is Nicole. Her name is Nicole and I have um, her picture and I need to update her picture because she's lost more, a lot more since that. Um, but I have her picture on the front page of my website if anybody wants to go look. And she is she is a single mom of five kids. She works full time and one of those kids is autistic. So if this woman can get it done, <laughs> I'm telling you, anybody can get it done. It's just a matter of deciding that it's your time and that you're going to take care of yourself. Nicole. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Five kids, one with special needs. I mean, my goodness, get it yeah. done, girl. That's oh amazing. God. Yeah. I'm going to have to send Nicole an email just to say congratulations. And my hat is off yeah. to you, man. Holy golly. That is cool. Like, did you find, this is another something interesting that I found along the way is that when it comes to the excuses that we would uh, tell ourselves as to why you know, a certain diet wouldn't work or why this particular diet failed. A lot of the obstacles that we, you know, encountered were kind of like just created in our own mind, right? It kind of goes back to what you're told as a kid and that where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And I, in the book, I included a whole section on mindset and self-love because I think it's one of the biggest contributors. It's one, if you've got some self-love going and you're working on changing your mindset, that's going to enable lasting change in your life. And I think you probably know, like you had to change the way you thought not only about yourself, but about health and food in general. And if we're trying to eat a certain way because we hate ourselves, you're in a really antagonistic position. And, and how are you going to be successful taking care of yourself when you're doing it because you hate yourself? You know, it never made sense to me. So once I grasped, okay, I need to take care of myself because I'm valuable, I'm worth it, and then start changing the stories that I was telling myself of I nothing ever works or I can never, you know, stick with anything long term. And as I slowly worked on changing my story, things just got easier and easier. And that's what I tell people a lot because people will, will be really hard on themselves, you know, like, oh, I was doing great for three weeks and then I just completely fell off the wagon for a week. And then they're focusing on the week that they weren't eating the way they wished they had. And I always try to bring people back to, no, focus on the positive. Like you got three weeks in there of doing really well. Let's focus on that. Let's be positive. And there's no falling off a wagon. Life is a journey. And you're moving forward. That's it. There's some bends and curves and bumps in the road, but there's no falling off a wagon. There's just continuing to move forward. And so I always tell people it's what I like to call the art of readjusting. You have to get really good at readjusting. Everybody's going to go on vacation. There's going to be things that happen in life that throw things off. 
there's always an adjustment period coming back after vacation because I don't eat perfect on vacation <laughs> ever. So you just get really good at readjusting and little by little, you just keep heading in the direction of your goal. You said you're talking about loving yourself kind of at the beginning of that response. And that got me to think about, well, how difficult that can be when a person faces body shaming. Anyone who's overweight, I'm sure, has faced this. Um, and it can be cruel and it can be random. And a lot of times these are people who you have never met in your entire life suddenly feel entitled to share a really sour opinion about you. And I don't know if it's because they're trying to make them themselves feel better about their own shortcomings in life or what the deal is, but that is almost irrelevant, the why that they do it. I want to talk to you about how it made you feel when you encountered this and what the net effect would be when somebody was sharp tongued with you. Like, did you reach for that pint of ice cream? What happened? I, it cut me really deep because it wasn't again, because I wasn't trying, you know, and who wants to be seen as unpleasant, you know, physically, I think everyone wants to feel attractive. So, yeah, I mean, I remember crying a lot and just feeling defeated and frustrated. And yeah, you then you just will, you know, and my mom, bless her heart, you know, she'd be like, well, let's just, let's go get some fries. Let's just, you know, eat and feel better. And so, yeah, so I totally turned to food to feel better. Mm. Yeah. yeah, there there are three instances in particular that I remember to this day that if I think about it, I I just start to get kind of sad and then even a little bit angry. Like serious that that happened. Like that's just so wrong. Yeah. I mean, did did some of these stick with you as well to this day? Yeah, I uh, one in particular. I was fifteen, and I was I was let's see, I was probably around one hundred and sixty five pounds when I was fourteen or fifteen. And I was sitting on the swing at the playground. It was after school and I was on the swing with my friend and these two young kids, they were probably like fourth grade boys. <laughs> they came over and started just like randomly giving me crap and you know, telling me that I look like a tub of lard and all of this stuff. And of course I just like was snipey back and then we walked home, but that is burned. <laughs> in my brain but now as an adult like i've learned like we reflect how we feel about ourselves and so now you know being on social media there's no end of people's opinions you know i'm too fat i'm too thin i'm too short i'm too tall whatever and you realize this isn't about me you know because this is about them what makes them uncomfortable the need to make themselves feel better by putting somebody else down and i actually have empathy for that yeah everything is kind of a reflection of self um that was something that i learned even when i was overweight i i knew that and i was like well this person's just having a really bad day or they've got something bad happening in their own life but you know, when you're in it at the moment and you are the subject of that criticism, it still hurts. I mean, think think about this, right? So if you were just reading a book or watching a TV show or a movie where this person was being chastised by fourth graders, right? You'd probably be like, eh, that sucks, but they're fourth graders. 
But when you're that person, man, it's it, it, it doesn't matter if they're kindergartners or if they're living in the senior center down the street. Those words cut to the freaking core. They yeah, do. They do. And I remember going home and asking my mom if we could buy Slim Fast late after. <laughs> so maybe that's that. the craziest. Maybe that's the craziest thing was the Slim Fast diet. I, look, hey, look, I got you. I got you. The first time I remember telling somebody I needed to go on a diet, I was in the third grade. I mean, so I laugh because it's like I could totally see myself saying, Mom, let's let's giddy up for some Slim Fast. It's time to go give me on that Tommy Lasorda plan. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's insane to me, the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves to turn to these gimmicky can't miss weight loss solutions. When the solution that you found in the end is really so simplistic, it's just turning back to healthier foods. And when you first started doing this plant-based diet, like, how different did that feel compared to, I don't know if you ever, you know, went the slim fast route or, or what the deal was after that, but how different did, did eating plant-based feel from the outset compared to all of the other 20 failed diets that you had been on? Yeah. So I did do some fast and that lasted <laughs> for about two weeks. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. So, um, at first it was terrifying because I was nervous about eating all of these carbohydrates. So that part was terrifying, but it was also really liberating because I was just consuming so much information from all of these incredible doctors that you've had on your podcast um, that I felt really empowered because you're eating real food. And so anytime I would start to like wonder, like, am I getting enough protein? You know, should I be eating sausage? Like, no, <laughs> like, sausage versus broccoli and salads and all the fruits that I was eating and all of the amazing potatoes and rice and beans, it was very liberating. So, but it was, it was a transition because I loved Taco Bell. So I was like a Taco Bell girl. You too. You yeah. too. I met a fellow Taco Beller. Okay. <laughs> I got all <laughs> cheesy gordita crunch. Girl. Right. Kindred spirit, kindred. Okay. So you and I sometime we're going to need to team up and we'll do a live talk. And I mean, the big part of that is just going to have to be what that Taco Bell order was for me. Cause for me, it never changed. I knew what I wanted. They knew what I wanted. I didn't even have to order it. They were just like, Hey Chuck, you want the usual. And Same. I'm telling you, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just something about that daggone place, man. I know that they've got a lot of vegan friendly options, so I can't poo-poo them too terribly much for a lot of the audience, but man, man yeah. Taco Bell, man, they got some mad scientists creating that food. Let me tell you. They do. I always like tell my husband, like, remember when? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. We've been wrapping here for about 30 minutes. Let's get into some nuts and bolts here that I think that uh, people can also really then take away from this and start putting into practice for themselves. One of the things that you cover in the book here is how you build your plate today. So when you're sitting down and you're mapping out what it is you're going to make for a meal, how do you design your plate? Give me the percentages there. Okay. So it really depends on where you are in your weight loss journey. So I always tell people, if you have more than 30 pounds to lose, then you want to use a different plate than the one I'm going to talk about, because there's like, there's three plates and you, you want to be careful with that. So 
only in the sense that you don't want to be starving all the time. So if you are in like the home stretch, 20 pounds to lose, or less, I like the 50-50 plate. And so that is where you fill half your plate full of non-starchy vegetables, and then the other half with the starch you're choosing to eat. It can be rice, beans, potatoes, your pasta, whatever it is. But you always wanna start with eating your non-starchy vegetables first. I love broccoli covered in my cheese sauce. It's super filling, it's so nutritious, it's so high in protein and calcium and just wonderful in general and it's filling. I like to start with broccoli, but it can be any vegetable you choose. I eat that first and then I eat my starch side. If I'm hungry again, which if you are trying to lose 20 pounds, you'll probably definitely feel hungry again, grab a second plate, serve yourself the same way, start with your vegetables first. And you're doing that because you wanna fill up on the highest in nutrition foods first that are the lowest in calorie density. They've got tons of water and fiber and bulk that help trigger satiety in your brain. Then you're going to move to the satisfying, you know, starchy part of your plate. And that's where the bulk of your calories is coming from, which is important and you need those. So that is how I have people build their plates. And the, if you're ever in a weight loss plateau, like making sure you're consistent with your plate building moves mountains. Uh, uh, all right, hold on now. You just like, uh, you said my cheese sauce, right? And I know, I know for a fact that virtually everyone right now is like, what is the cheese sauce? You got to break this down for us. That's not something you can just glance over. I'm sorry, we need details. Yeah, so my cheese sauce, funny enough, is like my claim to fame, one of my, it is the most popular recipe, like top Google search. So it is like most vegan cheese sauces, it's made from potatoes, it's got carrots in it for color, I use garlic powder and onion powder because I found that going through the mess of chopping, garlic and onion wasn't worth it. Um, it's got salt. <laughs> You can add nutritional yeast if you want for added cheesy flavor. I've gotten lazy. I don't put it in. I don't notice the difference, but some people say they do. And I'm famous for the recipe in the book that includes it. Um, and then a small bit of cashews. And then you blend all of this together and it makes the most amazing cheese sauce. I hear from people all the time. I just got the proportions right apparently so <laughs> people <laughs> love it i love to add salsa to it and make it like a queso it's phenomenal and i put it on everything all right for, first of all you're funny with the garlic and onion <laughs> i don't have time for that no it's, it's just not no 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 no, no. We're, we're we're gonna do the powder up. and i'll tell you what there i mean that's that's huge right because time saver you're not chopping that stuff up you're not like tearing up like that's that's a game changer and clearly you still nailed the flavor with this right so yeah it comes out every time yeah that's that's good stuff um this incredible 28 day meal plan that you have in the book i noticed you do have, you know, the, the daily calorie count here. A lot of people in our circles are like, well, I never count calories anymore. Why did you feel it was important to include that? Um, because I just over the years have heard from thousands and thousands of people that are worried about switching to this way of eating. Cause you have a lot of um, the plant-based community that's already comfortable with eating this way. But I really wanted to appeal to people that were just coming to a plant-based diet and used to counting calories just to show them 
But look, you're eating these enormous plates of food. You're eating things like pancakes. You're eating, you know, chili cheese fries, and it's still only this many calories. And it just helps drive home the principles of calorie density and to help people be more comfortable with the idea of not only eating carbs, but getting to eat the large volumes of food that I'm showing you, you can eat. Do you think, and this is something also that, that I still worry about to this day a little bit, you know, is the idea of overdoing it and over consuming, right? So you do have the banging recipes in there, right? Um, the pizza, the mac and cheese, the nachos and things like that. So obviously we're talking about much, 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 much healthier versions of this. Is there still a concern in your mind about, yeah, well, still too much of a good thing is too much? Yeah. And again, if you go back um, to the principles of calorie density, well, let me, let me go back. So yeah, there, there's going to be, there's always too much of a good thing when it comes to the more calorie dense foods, like um, beans, rice, pastas, because those are more calorically dense. But when you're filling up on the lower calorie dense foods first, you're filling your stomach and you're triggering satiety in your brain and it's staying, you know, it, is being digested longer. So that really helps with the overeating if you're consistent with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could overeat pasta. You can't overeat lettuce, you know, and you can't overeat. I mean, you could overeat, but you're not going to gain weight eating lettuce or vegetables or even whole fresh fruits. But yeah, I mean, you could overdo it for sure on tons and tons of potatoes. I haven't heard of it happening really but i'm sure yeah it's funny i was talking to uh, overdoing it on potatoes i was talking to will bolsowitz on the show last week and um we had an exam roomie right in wondering about food intolerances they said well look every time that i eat potatoes my stomach gets sick and so we just started calling that the tater trots um <laughs> have you heard, <laughs> have you heard from anybody who is like man i love these recipes but there are certain things that just don't sit right with me and how do you steer them in a better direction yeah so i hear it's really sweet actually because we get tons and tons of emails every day and there's always people in there that are like i'm sorry i'm really embarrassed to be asking this but i am going to the bathroom all the time is that normal or i'm experiencing a lot of bloating i think it's from all the fiber and yes and yes so you're going to be eliminating more because you're eating fabulous amounts of fiber which is good for you and I think you have Dr. Christy Funk talk a lot about how, you know, the fiber reduces estrogen and all of that. It's really important. And then if you're dealing with bloating and stomach pain from all of the fiber, I tell people then just take it a little slower. Don't jump right into the 50-50 plate, you know, just start sprinkling in more vegetables and, and make sure you're really soaking your beans or buying canned beans from a company like Eden Organic that soaks their beans properly to help reduce that. I also recommend um, a papaya enzyme, just those chewable after dinner mints. You know, you can pop one of those to help ease that. Other than that, it's just time. You know, you're stretching new muscles in your stomach. Your stomach's learning to digest all of these amazing foods again. So it can just take some time.
That's a good tip about the beans. You know what I started to do was uh, just emptying the can into a strainer. Same thing you would dump your pasta in after that's cooked and just rinsing them off really, really, really thoroughly. For whatever reason, that seems to to help a lot in that arena. Um, I'll tell you a, a couple more before we wrap things up. Going back to kind of the way that you used to eat all those fun foods and then the healthier versions of them in this book. I mean, again, the desserts, the pizza, the mac and cheese, the nachos, like just so much fun food there that is so pervasive in the standard American diet. But your version, obviously much healthier. Now, at the top of the show, you talked about how your skin used to be. I want to ask you how it is today. What notices, what changes you've noticed there still eating these fun foods, just the healthier versions? Yeah, so I wish I had a good picture. I have one picture, but it's kind of fuzzy and you, you can tell a little bit, but I used to deal with like cystic acne. So it, it always felt like it was under the skin. You could tell I was just like, I referred to it kind of like as chicken skin. It was just like bumps and blackheads everywhere. And then I'd get really big, <laughs> sorry, this is mm, so good. I'd get skin. really big, like, um, just cystic pimples along my jawline, down on my neck, down on my back. And it was just an up in my hairline right here. And I was always really self-conscious about it. So when I started going to um, a high carb, low fat plant-based diet, um, I initially experienced kind of like a worsening of my acne only for like a week though. And I think it was just the normal detox that like Dr. Barnard talks about, like your cells start releasing things. It's in your bloodstream, comes out in your skin, but eventually it goes away. And so little by little, my skin was clearing up more and more. And then it wasn't like, I didn't have skin issues all the time. Then it was just around my cycle. Okay. So I'd have some breakouts then. And then it got to where it's just really clear baby skin and all of the fresh fruit that I eat, I think really keeps my skin hydrated and drinking lots of water and just good food in general, you know, your skin reflects what the inside is dealing with. So yeah, my skin is just really hydrated and happy nowadays. Now, when I go on vacation, if I don't do very well, I definitely start seeing it pop up in my skin again, but it goes away very quickly. So does, uh, we, we had a lot of people recently ask on the show about alcohol and how that may affect the skin. If you're on vacation, do you indulge at all? And does that make a difference? I don't, um, I've never really been into it. Like I had a few really bad nights in college. <laughs> yep. I was like, you know, I don't really like losing chunks of time that I can't remember. <laughs> so I just never, never. I got you. It. I so got you. Speak to the alcohol. But. All right. Well, I'll tell you what I can speak to is all of these recipes in here. 125 plus simply and satisfying plant-based recipes. Now, let's not kid ourselves here. A lot of the cookbooks that come out have, you know, just different versions of the same old, same old. What you've managed to do here, and uh, there we go, hold it up there, plantifoline, is, is take these recipes and put a new twist on them, right? I love cauliflower wings. You don't just have a cauliflower wing recipe in here. No, no, my friends. What we have here is the buffalo cauliflower 
salad. You have taken this, this masterpiece, and even taken the health up another notch and made a salad out of it, which in my book, Kiki, makes you a creative genius. And I just personally wanted to take a moment to say thank you for being so daggone creative and pushing these recipes forward. That is so cool. I imagine doing that was a lot of fun for you. Did you like want to make sure that you had something new to offer that hadn't been out there a lot? You know, no, I think my thought process was just like putting things in there that I would want to eat. And I am not exaggerating when I say like I cook almost exclusively out of this book because it's just food that I want to eat. And so I wanted things to be familiar for one, especially for people that are just transitioning and people dealing with cravings. I felt like food being familiar was important, but we needed to bump up the nutrition and make it, you know, satisfying and filling so that people could be successful and, and be successful long-term. Well, look, the food that you want to eat is the food that I want to eat. And I'm sure a lot of people as well. And my final question, by the way, there's a link to uh, the book right now in the show description and in the episode notes. Definitely want to pick up your copy out April 11th. Um, Kiki, my final question to you is this, and I like asking this of people who have been through these incredible transformations. And I mean, 20 diets that, that failed. I mean, I'm sure that there were a lot of hopeless feeling nights there. What is one thing that you wish that you could go back in time to tell your former self? I wish I could go back and learn to love myself sooner. You know, I, I was 30 before I realized that I needed to be kinder to myself, be more patient with myself. And so I wish I could tell myself like, Hey, like, don't, don't be so hard on yourself and realize that your value is, part of your humanity. It's not attached to your looks. It's not attached to your bank account. It's not attached to people's ever-changing opinions about you, that your value is attached to your hum humanity. You're born with it. It's intrinsic because once you grab that, you can do anything. I mean, Kiki is just the ticket, isn't she? Fearless and making things happen. She is another example of what can happen when you feel like you've done the hardest thing that you will ever do in your life. And so now you ask, what's next? And for Kiki, it means elevating her voice and sharing her story and publishing a wildly successful book, a book that can help others find their own path forward. I absolutely love it absolutely love the conversation and this book there is a link to pick up your copy right now the expanded edition of plantifully lean that link is in the episode notes so you heard us talk about her 20 some odd failed diet attempts during the conversation and that made me think of a study that came my way recently that really kind of adds a bit of a silver lining to an otherwise unhappy ending to these failed diet attempts. So while you may not be too happy that the weight came back, you should be happy, at least take a little solace in knowing that despite the roller coaster on the scale, your heart actually is benefiting. The American Heart Association is out with new research showing that if you lost weight, 
and put some of it back on, your risk of diabetes and cardiovascular disease is still going to be lower for at least the next five years. What these researchers did was look at previous data from 124 studies that had a combined 50,000 participants or so. The average age for these participants was 51, and they had an average body mass index of 33, which is considered obese. So the average weight loss for the participants here was between 5 and 10 pounds. Now, with all of these diets, some of them followed a really, really, really strict weight loss program, while others were a little bit mm, less restrictive. Some of these programs had a lot of exercise, some of them focused on meal replacements, and some looked at fasting. And then there were even some that rewarded participants with weight loss with cash. They paid them to lose weight. So when everything was hashed out, the data actually showed that the more intensive programs were the ones that had the biggest success. And among that group, is where the biggest benefits for long-term cardiovascular disease and diabetes began to kick in. You're talking about lowering your risk. So here's where it gets really interesting. After reaching maximum weight loss, the average weight that was regained each year was a little less than one pound. But despite the weight coming back, the systolic blood pressure of the higher intensity weight loss groups was lower after five years than when they started originally. And for diabetes, HbA1c levels were down by more than a quarter of a point. When it comes to cholesterol, the ratio of good to bad cholesterol also remained improved despite a few pounds coming back, still a point and a half lower after five years. So that's interesting stuff. So you have better blood pressure, better cholesterol, and improved insulin resistance. So never feel too defeated if you go on a diet, and we should couch that again, if you go on a diet and you start to see the weight creep back. Never feel defeated. Always, always, always strive to do better, but never wallow in defeat. Just dust yourself off. Pick yourself up and know that you have done some good no matter what and use that use that knowledge as the jumping off point for your next big success and trust that that success will come and that the next time will be the time that you have the lasting success that you have been chasing for your entire life just like kiki now, one more thing that I want to share with you today is that my colleagues, I am so proud of them. They have been super busy here and have just put out a brand new paper that is a comprehensive comparison of the health benefits of plant-based milk and dairy milk. I mean, so many people behind the scenes here at the Physicians Committee rolled up their sleeves to get involved with this one. And they really did just a 
bang-up job of compiling all of this information. I mean, they were looking at fat and cholesterol, carbs, protein, calcium, vitamin D, isoflavones, hormones, estrogens, insulin-like growth factor one, prostate cancer risk, breast cancer risk, menopausal symptoms, heart disease risk, bone strength. I mean, you name it. They researched it and they got it into this paper that is now published in the International Journal of Disease Prevention and Reversal. All of it, a breakdown for those risks and benefits of plant-based milk versus dairy milk. And I do hope to have one of the lead authors on the show very soon to go over everything with us. But if you're like me and you just can't wait, you want to read this paper right now, no problem. There's a link to it for you in the episode notes. All kinds of milk in there, too. We're talking cow's milk and almond milk and soy milk, oat milk, coconut milk, rice milk. Very, 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 very thorough research here. Very thorough. And before we wrap things up today, man, we are hitting the road in a big way. We're kind of bouncing all over here, there, and everywhere on the heels of our big success out in Los Angeles. The next big show big exam room live and in person will be July 12th in New York City. Details coming very soon. Dr. Neil Barnard, myself, and special guests will be there, so stay tuned. More details to follow. Sooner than that, however, if you're in the Providence, Rhode Island area, vegan comedian Mike Kaplan and I will be sitting down to record an interview for this here podcast and help kick off Plant Week at Brown University on April 17th. Showtime is 6 p.m. that night. So Brown University, April 17th with myself and vegan comedian Mike Kaplan. And then the following weekend on April 23rd, I will be emceeing the Fairfax Veg Fest in Herndon, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. Dr. Barnard will also be there along with T. Colin Campbell and so many others. So check that out. And then on April 30th, I will be up in Toronto at the Planted Expo. Carly Bodrug from Plant U and Dr. Michael Greger will also be gracing the stage that day. I'm going to be going on around 2.30 that afternoon. Carly is on just before me at 1.50, so definitely hope to see you there. And there is a link for more information to all of the events right now in the episode notes. Oh, can't forget Planted Bethesda as well coming up June 4th. Man, we really are all over the place. So come on out, say hi, raise your health IQ together with us. It would be great, 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 great to meet you, my friend. But for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to Plantifully Kiki, Kiki Nelson, for joining us. And congratulations on the release of the expanded edition of the book. The wisdom today was off the charts. So thank you so very much, Kiki. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening, and remember, as always, keep it plant-based.